And then that way it's less about you not trusting your partner and it's more about you trying to just reinforce the yeah. partnership that you have with them. Today on Dear Queer, we're talking about boundaries with some expert advice from Dylan Catrice. When I first realized that I was a people pleaser, I read a lot of self-help books and they all told me the same thing, that I should set boundaries. But there was a huge problem with this solution, which was that I had no idea what a boundary was. I was familiar with physical boundaries, like the lines on a map between countries, but even those were arbitrary and crossed all the time. I couldn't think of a single example of a personal boundary that I could set, so I texted a friend and asked her for an example of a boundary. In her reply, she reminded me of her history of terrible relationships where she very clearly had no boundaries. I felt defeated. I couldn't even ask the right person for help with boundaries. I also didn't understand why I would ever want to set one. Boundaries felt like a wall obstacle to connection, and I only ever craved closeness and intimacy. Boundaries felt like distance to me. But I've come a long way since then, both in understanding the need for boundaries and in setting them, although I still struggle sometimes. I've set some difficult ones recently. One in particular pained me because it meant not having someone in my life that I would have loved to have there, but I knew it wouldn't be good for me. Setting that boundary was something I never would have been able to do a few years ago. Setting that boundary was me choosing myself after years of abandoning myself for other people. Setting that boundary was me finally loving myself. So much comes back to, to boundaries. Like I know in your in your opening essay, it you know, you're talking about relationships and setting up boundaries. It's like so so many parts of our lives come back to those boundaries and how we set them. Are you ready to just, do you want to just dive into some questions? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So let's see here. Okay, this one's interesting. She says, I've been with my girlfriend, um, we're going to call her A. Okay. Uh, for almost a year. There's another girl, B, we know, who hasn't been the most respectful of me and our relationship calling my girlfriend to meet when I wasn't home, sending flurry texts while we were in a rough patch, etc. At the time, I just laughed it off, but recently I had this intense urge to just look through her texts. Uh-oh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I know it's wrong, but everything inside me told me to look. We were having a nice conversation, and out of nowhere, she brought up B. This is the first time I've done this in my long decade of dating women, and I feel terrible, like I crossed a line. But also, what the fuck? There's so much flirting in there. I guess we swear on this podcast. Yeah, yeah, I think we do. We're learning new things. Yeah. Okay, so here's the question. How do you navigate around other queer, queer women while being in a relationship? B flirts with A. A refuses to see it as flirting. A says it's because she doesn't have a lot of lesbian friends, so she wants to maintain this friendship with B. She says it's all right for her to speak this way because she's not physically attracted to B. 
I don't know what to do. I don't want to be constantly suspicious about my girlfriend's actions. I'm scared of what she is doing and who she is talking to. I love her a lot, and she said she'll stop this behavior, but I'm at a loss. Okay, that's a doozy. That was a long one. That was a long one, too, yeah. (laughs) I mean, I feel like it comes down to trusting her girlfriend's boundaries, Mm -hmm. right? Like, and whether or not hers are porous, Mm -hmm. and if she can recognize that B is being inappropriate and then set a boundary. I've been in a relationship where I felt a similar kind of distrust in the ability of my partner to recognize when other people were crossing lines because their lines were a little too porous. So you can have your boundaries, but if you're unsure of your partner's boundaries, then things can kind of fall apart. Yeah, because um, sometimes I feel like, well, having, you know, not having boundaries can come down to a kind of people-pleasing behavior where you're afraid to be honest. Yeah. And so you just want to be nice and you don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. But then in the process, you're not clearly communicating a line or a boundary. And then that person doesn't get the message True. because right. you're not actually being like straightforward about it. It's kind of you're padding it with other things. Mm-hmm. And as we know in, you know, the w- realm of of dating and love, Oftentimes we hear what we want to hear. Absolutely. So the person B is not going to hear the like the the fluffy padded, you know, the actual boundary in there. They're going to hear, oh, I like you or I like hanging out with you or I have a great time. Like they're going to hear whatever they want to hear. That's just going to reinforce how they feel about the girlfriend. Yeah. And then I guess is it also trusting this third party's boundaries that they respect your relationship? Totally. Because I think they talked about that. She like doesn't think she's being respectful of their relationship. Which it sounds like she's not. Yeah. Because if she's if she's taking advantage of times when their relationship is rocky. Mm-hmm. I mean, she sounds like she's had the conversation with her girlfriend. And the hope is that she's clearly communicated what she's comfortable with. There's a lot of layers there because it's like every every relationship has their own rules. Yes. It's like we all, even if you don't say them or yeah. like, you know, sub rules for boundaries. Yeah. Um, but they they kind of they need to be agreed upon. Yes. It's like you guys have to have that those conversations. Yeah. And it sounds like I mean, it, did it say in there that they kind of have now had the conversation about what is what is acceptable and what's OK? And I think that's the first step in making sure they're on the same page about like, OK, what are the lines around our relationship that we need that protect us as a couple and that totally make us feel safe and secure? And then beyond that, you know, the hope is that her girlfriend will also communicate that mm-hmm. to be when she tries to interfere and reinforces the fact that she's with someone and that this is, a, you know, the relationship she's in and that this can only be friendship. And mm-hmm. if they're, you know what I mean? Like I've been in that situation where I just feel like it's really important to mention the word friend or pal or like just to reinforce that this is what this is to me. Yeah. So this is why I'm saying this word this many times, because I want you to also know. I want it to be clear that this is the relationship yeah. I, I want to have with you. I think our our questioner, too, is, you know, that they want to feel from their partner that the priority is their relationship. And maybe maybe she's coming at it from, like, this is a problem with you. I, I do that a lot of the time. I'll like mm-hmm. deflect it. It'll be like, you're doing this. Whereas like when really I need to like peel back, it's like, 
oh, I just want to know that my partner prioritizes me. And maybe if I approached it that way, yes. my partner would get it and then be like, oh, this is something I can do for my partner to show them and like drop those things in like the friend or, totally. or something like that. Yeah. And it's and then that way it's less about you not trusting your partner and it's more about you trying to just reinforce the yeah. partnership that you have with them. So communication. Communication. Is that where we're landing? Big time. Yeah. <laughs> and clear communication, yeah. right? None of that fuzzy... None of that fuzzy shit, none of that fluffy stuff. It needs to be clear as day. I've I've seen you do that a lot lately. I've been like <laughs> I've been impressed. You're like, I'll get the voice we, we send voice voice memos back and forth and I'll get the voice memo and you're like, Okay, I told them. We're we're I can't see you. It's yeah. like it's done. Yeah. And then I'm just like, that's amazing. Even in like non non relationship yeah. relationships. Friendship you, you, things too. Yeah. Yeah. When it's just and honestly, it feels so good. Which is huge for me to say because boundaries and being clear with communication and things like that used to make me so incredibly uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And not to say that it's perfect. There's still times like and depending on who I'm communicating a boundary with, it yeah. can be difficult. And it's kind of it's kind of like working a muscle. It's like the more you do it, the more you realize you are like helping future you. Totally. <laughs> yes. And in and, and another thing that I've had to reframe in terms of boundaries is how it's not it's not necessarily a wall. Like yeah. it's not an obstacle to connection. For example, my mom was about the fact that she doesn't like tattoos and I have tattoos. Yeah. And I was basically said over the phone, I was like, I know how you feel, but I don't want to hear about it when we're together. Because mm -hmm. if you if I feel like I'm being judged when we're together, mm -hmm. I'm gonna to wanna to see you less. Yeah. And I'm gonna to wanna to hang out with you less. And in order for the, us to still be able to see each other, I need you to not bring it up. Because I already know how you feel. Yeah, I think that's interesting, too. And you touched on it earlier, and we're going to have a whole episode on people pleasing. Mm -hmm. But it's like you are sharing. Like, I think people get nervous of like, oh, I don't want to upset someone by putting up a boundary. When, in fact, you're actually inviting people in totally. to what's important to you yes. and what you need and letting people then step up for you, which I think can be really beautiful. Totally. And like you're defining like this is the relationship I want to have with you. Yeah. And these behaviors don't fit within that it's going to actually damage our relationship yeah so i think i think this is a good time for some, some dylan okay dylan is a registered psychotherapist based in toronto their pronoun journey currently finds him comfortable with he or they pronouns dylan has three years of experience in private practice working with clients both in person and online in canada and beyond their approach to therapy is relational anti-oppressive and collaborative welcome dylan Thank you so much hello, for being hello. here. Thank you. It's great to be here. We're so excited to talk to you. Obviously, we're not therapists. We're not experts. We're coming from like our own experience and that those of you know people we know. So we're very excited to have your you know your expert lens applied to all the things we're talking about. So thank you. Of course. Um, and today we're talking about boundaries. So what are boundaries? And can you give us a few examples of boundaries? Mm. I love being asked these questions because these are things that I just so take for granted in my day-to-day -day work. And it requires me to pause and be like, wait a minute, what does this even mean? So for me, I would say boundaries are the limits of engagement that we set between ourselves and others. And they provide a delineation between what is comfortable enough or tolerable for us in relationship versus what is 
too uncomfortable or intolerable in relationship. Okay, that sort of answers a bit of our second question. Um, but I'll, let's emphasize this part. So why why are why are boundaries so important? Why is it important to know your boundaries and to be able to set them? Yeah. They are important because they correspond to our needs or our preferences that determine our sense of safety and stability in relationship. Okay. How do we set boundaries? Like literally. <laughs> so when I first realized I was a people pleaser, I, I'm not even joking, Dylan. I texted a friend who to ask her, like, what is a boundary? I have no, like, what is a boundary I could set? I literally had no idea. And then it turns out she was a terrible person to ask because she had no boundaries. And she reminded me of that. So I couldn't even ask the right person for an example of a boundary. Like I felt like completely a complete boundary failure. Um, but if, if like if someone were in that stage where they're like, how do I technically, physically even do that? What do I say? Yeah. Help I mean, us. to start with, it requires interception, self-awareness, and then honesty. Um, we also have to have the self-esteem to value our own boundaries in order to set them. Uh, sometimes we don't know what our boundaries are, and that's okay. Sometimes we need to accumulate experiences. We need to experiment or test our boundaries in order for us to get acquainted with them. It's not something that I think we just automatically know entirely and perfectly. Um, so. Again, this kind of like gentleness with ourselves to learn our boundaries is really important. Offering that same gentleness to other people who we may or may not be in close relationship with. Um, and yeah, the ability to say, I don't know, is also really important, right? Um, sometimes we can feel sort of impelled to state our boundaries when we may or may not necessarily actually have an answer for someone. So I don't know is a valid answer in order for you to get to the point where you have a boundary to set. And then at that point, you know, it requires the, the honesty, the directness, the kind of courage to state that verbally to someone. And then also to restate it if you need to mm -hmm. and restate it again if you need to. And maybe there's a consequence at the end of that, too, if that boundary isn't respected. Do you think boundaries are ever kind of misused in, let's say, the dating world? Or like I know I've dated some people who might say that they're boundaried, but it is more like emotional walls. Or something, you know what I mean? And then on the other side, if people are maybe more anxiously attached, there's no boundaries sometimes. Like that, because boundaries then feel like an obstacle to connection when all they kind of want to do is be close. So do you think the waters get a little muddied with boundaries sometimes, depending on, you know, our dating style and how we're attached and all that? It gets so murky. It's very, very murky. Because someone can be setting a boundary based on the kind of processes that I've just talked about, the self-reflection, you know, the honesty, the learning. Um, but boundaries can also be used as a method of control, as a self-protective barrier. Uh, you know, it's rule setting at the end of the day. So 
how we arrive at those rules is just as important as the rules themselves. So I don't have any simple answers here. That's but, okay. <laughs> you know, a boundary on its surface might be a little more complicated than it appears. Is it the old uh, everything in moderate, like too much of a good thing? <laughs> right. Yeah. It's like you may start flexing that boundary muscle and then you're like, ooh, this is actually a, a weapon. Yeah, totally. You've right. got, you're like, I've got a castle built around you that nobody can enter. Yeah. Right. And boundaries require consent, you know, like you can state your boundary, but it, the other person has to say, yes, I can do that or no, I can't. Um, and you know, that may determine the state of your relationship that may determine whether your relationship exists in that moment or not. Um, but you know, it's not, it's never a kind of unilateral authoritarian thing, right? It's always negotiated. It's always mutual. And someone can say, yes, I can do that. I can respect that boundary or no, I can't. And where does that leave us? Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Dylan. Well, should we do another? Should yeah, we just do, keep on yeah, rolling? do you have another one? Yeah. I sure do. Okay. You know, this is it's, we're staying in the relationship theme. Okay. I just broke up with my ex and asked for space, but they aren't giving it. They're all over my socials, liking posts, dropping in. What do I do, dear queer? I don't want to block them, but they just aren't getting it. I already have to run into them all over town. This community is so small, SOS. It's definitely a so small. <laughs> so there's no way around this one. Um, I mean, again, communication seems like such a, a huge key here. It could be, I feel like she has a few options. She could, I mean, she's saying she doesn't want to block them. Mm -hmm. She could give them basically an opportunity to to stop interacting so much like and and say exactly that i don't want to block you yeah but this feels like more interaction than than i want i've asked for some space and this that means not liking and sharing and and do have, having that kind of online interaction yep and you know i i would i'm asking you for that and basically you know maybe communicate to that the consequence would be like if we can't if this isn't doable for you totally okay I understand then maybe we just you know remove each other or block each other for a while and and just take some time to ourselves um because the alternative is just blocking the person and then that can be that can cause other drama yeah, or it could be seen like passive aggressive yeah or like... yeah but this way it's like in that way it can make it weird if they see each other in public and they're not the other the ex isn't sure how they feel about them so I think the more you can communicate and it's not going to, you know, it's not in a nasty way. It's in a very just matter of fact, mm -hmm. like this is what I need. I would love if you could honor that. Mm -hmm. If it's too hard for you, let's just, you know, remove and just take some and take some space like technically so that we can't. There's no way of actually interacting. Right. And I think do people forget that like you can take some space like you said and it doesn't have to be permanent yeah maybe we just like you know sometimes you need to get out of that rhythm like and by you blocking them i know that can sound harsh but you're removing yourself from being in that habit like totally. maybe they have a habit of checking in on you and so just like hey take some, take a couple you know take a couple weeks off it doesn't mean you can't ever add them back in Totally. Like, I think we get hung up on the like finality of things. Yeah. And yeah. Like, I you think you're right. Back. There's like muscle memory to it. So mm -hmm. like you're used to checking, used to checking. 
But um, but yeah, it doesn't have to be permanent. It can just and they can communicate that. Be like, how about the next three months or something? Mm-hmm. We just take some official space and then and then hopefully down the road we can be okay with you know more interaction. Yeah. So okay, boundaries and relationships, boundaries with parents, yes. boundaries. What about boundaries within ourselves? Oh man. So when I, I I forget the name of this. Actually, I do remember the name of this book. It's called Setting Boundaries Will Set You Free. It's like the cheesiest title, but I'm pretty sure it was this book. It was incredible. It had all these exercises in it that you can do. And I remember some of them again in this phase where I was like, literally, what is a boundary? Like, I have no idea how to set one or why I would want to set one. Um, And I remember this one exercise in particular that basically asked you to reflect back in the past and think about instances where people, where different boundaries of yours have been crossed Mm. and identify what that boundary was. And then basically kind of make a promise to yourself for in the future what you would do if that boundary was crossed or, yeah. or what you can set up preventatively to be like, this will not happen. For example, one for me was that when relationships are negative or toxic or whatever, and they're bleeding too much into my life outside of the relationship, mm. like my life at home with my daughter and stuff, mm. if they're taking too much of that energy away from me being able to be like a good mom at home and just have the like stability in myself that I need that's when I know it needs to end yeah like listen to that yeah so I need to so now I can I because I know I've done that in the past and so now I go into things knowing like this is this is an important line for me Mm -hmm. and it needs to be healthy and contribute to my life and contribute to my happiness and like give me good positive stuff rather than like be an energy sucking kind of thing, you know? Been there. So yeah, exactly. So that I remember being a really significant one for me. That's so helpful. I think like that's an emotional boundary. Yeah. Yeah. And the so it's like, okay, boundaries we can see how they're helpful for us. Can you think of a time when someone set a boundary to you? And that you actually appreciate it. Oh, this is good. This might take me a second. That's all right. Because I think it's like we forget once you start working those muscles and like you can, you see the positives. I mean, I think there were times where when I was younger, I might have been like, "Ooh, is it me? Is it something? And I'm like, no, tell me. We're close enough totally. that you can tell me that you're not feeling it. Let's push this. Yes, I f- uh, that's actually a perfect example. I feel like when you're able to do that with other people, I mm-hmm. mean, you're abdicating for yourself. You're showing that person that they can trust your answers to. Yeah. Like, so if you were to ask me for a favor and I was like, sure, you know what I mean? The but high I, voice. But I didn't really mean Yeah, but I didn't really mean it or I was already maxed out. You can't then really trust me after that. Yeah. Because that I wasn't being honest with you about my own capacity. And, um, and so if I could say, you know what, I'd love to, but I can't this time, like, you know, please ask me again, but I'm just maxed out right now, then you can trust me. And that means also I'm giving you permission to be honest with me about when, what you can and can't do. And it's not at all personal. It's literally like you listening to yourself, honoring yourself. And I think COVID helped us with this in some senses because it became so much more normalized yeah. for people to say, I really can't. Yeah. Or like, I don't have the energy. I don't have the social battery. I, whatever it is, I feel like COVID allowed us a kind of 
new honesty in the sense about mm -hmm. about our capacity. Yeah, that's a that's a great point. So let's send our listeners off with some some boundary takeaways. Oh man, what, like we're setting them. We're like, are we getting our friends involved? I what? mean, I think I mean friends to hold you accountable is always good. You always need a friend who is calling you on your shit, right? So like, um, or can tell when you are just justifying something in your mind. You know what I mean? When you get into these like little uh, rabbit holes where we justify behavior yeah. that we know isn't good or, or seeing someone we know we shouldn't or whatever. Oh, if you if you text that ex, I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm a no and I'm a tell you. Yeah, it's true. It's true. <laughs> I've been good. I've been good. Um, I think you have to start small. Like don't start mm. with trying to set like the biggest boundary that you've been trying to you've worked your whole life up towards. You know, you have to start with small stuff. And it might be as simple as being honest with somebody rather than just, you know, someone asks you for a favor and you're like, yes, sure. But, you know, you can't mm -hmm. like start there with being like. I can't this time, but, or, or I can't this week. Yeah. Can we plan for next week? And I, and I will do that. Like just the little stuff where you are checking in with yourself and, and truly listening and honoring your, what your real answer is, what your real honest answer is. So starting small, also don't judge yourself if you can't say no for some reason, there's going to be, um, social constraints financial constraints there's going to be totally. you know like when it comes to even work and boundaries where maybe you just can't say no yeah maybe you're in a certain position or it's a new job or just whatever for the reason of your social location you can't say no and don't judge yourself for not being able to say no mm -hmm. uh, i read this great book recently by Pooja lakshmin and actually i heard her on a podcast where she was saying how you can almost set like no boundaries for yourself in the sense that like, quote unquote, no. So if I can't say no this time mm -hmm. to something, then just reflecting on that and saying, you know, well, I hope maybe in a year from now I'm in a position where I can say no to that. Oh, I love that. You it's know, like, yeah. yeah, it's a, it's conversational. Things can. And yeah, it doesn't just because you said it doesn't mean that it can't evolve and change. Yeah. It's like we're all we're all growing. Right. <laughs> um, another thing. um, Pooja Lakshmi mentions is that a boundary can be in the pause we take yeah. between like a request and mm. our reply. Yeah. So it's just oh that pause, gosh. right? Even like in texting, it's like we feel like we have to respond right away. And it's like, wait, what do I actually feel? Totally. Yeah. Like letting a call go to voicemail mm. instead of answering it because you know they might be requesting something of you. Yeah. And, and so, you know, genuinely taking the time to or like responding over email if you're too nervous to say no yeah. in person to someone because you, you'll feel the pressure or guilt around saying yeah. no and that's another thing is guilt should not be the driving force mm -hmm. um for our answers like if we're if we're worried about feeling guilty if we say no mm -hmm. that should not be the reason you say yes totally i think this is a a good time to to just let the listeners know like um you know, we are not experts. This is yes. our life advice. Um, you're going to be hearing from Dylan. He's the expert. Yes. Yeah. Uh, he's a relational psychologist and we'll have some expert advice. We're, you know, we're here for anecdotes. We're here for queer community. We're here to, you know, tell you what works for us. Take it, leave it. Yeah. You know, we're... we know what we know because we've lived it. So go go set some boundaries. Okay, we're going to set our final boundary for today by ending this right now. But we want to thank you for joining us here on Dear Queer. It really means a lot to have you listening. 
please like, follow, share, tell your friends to listen, and please, please send in your questions or comments or topics you want us to cover. This has been another episode of Dear Queer. Just a reminder, we are not actually experts. Any advice given should actually come from our experts who we will bring in from time to time. Music brought to you by Sean Patrick Brennan, produced by myself, Lauren Hogarth, and your host, as always, Elena Papianis. <laughs> I'm getting that. <laughs>